Minds now to out to California to talk about some Memphis Grizzlies and Golden State voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, Eric Hasseltine. Always a pleasure having you, sir. Thank you so much for jumping on with us again. Well, I don't know who's got a longer intro. You guys are Apollo Creed from uh, one of the Rocky movies. <laughs> Was he the master of disaster, the king of sting, whatever it was? Uh, then he died. You watch Game of Thrones? They have some big ones in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, I did watch Game of Thrones. The thing I hated about Game of Thrones is, like, every character I liked got killed. And, like, all the ones I hated just kept sticking around and, like, it's like driving. I'm like, who, who's writing this garbage? Like, why am I – and why am I watching it? No, it was uh, – that was a great show. And, yeah, the Apollo Creed death scene, that uh, that hit me hard as a kid. My dad had to, like, put his arm around me in the theater because at first I hated him, and then you loved him. And, man, poor Ivan Drago just uh, – an un- un- uh, misunderstood man just killed a man in the ring. Unbelievable. Roided out of his mind. Yeah, Apollo Creed's yeah, death. Right, no doubt. And then uh, uh, the Viper uh, from Game of Thrones, his death. Oberyn. Oberyn, mm-hmm. yeah, his death mm-hmm. against the mountain. You're like, man, just yeah. win it, oh. you know, and he just can't do it. And that, that yeah, one that one shocked me. That was the last, like, TV death that I saw. And I was like, no, like, right when it happened, like, let out actual gasps. That's not a good way to go to have your skull crushed by somebody's bare hands. I'm gonna guess that doesn't feel good. But uh, and by the guy yeah, who like destroyed yeah. your family too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it was just everything. Yeah. Well, Eric, let's yeah. talk about the fight people would like really want to talk about. I mean, yeah, Eric Castletine, exactly. Shannon Sharp. How, what does that one look like? <laughs> oh one? man, uh, I I have abstained from uh, participating in those festivities because um, Shannon is a large human, and um, I, you know, look, I. My thing with that whole scenario is you know, people are going to say things courtside, but if you say things to a professional athlete courtside, you have got to expect them to chirp back at you. And whether you think it's fighting words or not to them, that's their office. And so um, for a guy like Shannon Sharp, who knows that, who has heard, believe me, countless things said at him, uh, some of which I have heard because I was on the sidelines uh, for the final few minutes of the AFC Championship game in Oakland when he hit that seam route and won it for the Baltimore Ravens and sent them to the Super Bowl. Um, I was shocked. I was really surprised that he did that. I was really surprised that Dylan Brooks chirping back at him got to him that aggressively, made him that angry. But, you know, things happen. I, I thought the apology could have been condensed uh, by about four minutes. And he just, you know, a simple, hey, I lost my cool. I apologize to everybody involved in the game for making a spectacle. That's not what we're there for. And uh, I know better. And, uh, you know, my apologies to the Grizzlies, to the Lakers, and and, like to single people out like that. It was just like, dude, come on. At some point it stops having sincerity and it starts sounding like you're trying to get your name more out there than anything else. So um, I don't want a piece of it. He wasn't wrong about that. I don't want that smoke. And, uh, I will uh, help politely abstain from any festivities with uh, with those guys anymore. But uh, yeah, that was a wild night, and it, it really, unfortunately, seems to have kind of uh, you know taken a toll. I, from that time on, the Grizzlies have really struggled. They struggled the second half of the Lakers game. They struggled in the opening moments of the Phoenix game, and I don't think that had anything necessarily to do with it. But um, that was a, that was a wild scene to say the least. Where were you in location and, and to that? Were you down on the court side or where were you at? No, no. So most arenas, we don't sit court side anymore. Owners realized our tickets were actually very valuable and people would buy them. So they're like, hey, you're doing radio. You can go up top like the hockey guys do. So we're not quite that high. But 
I was directly behind him in the lower level of Staples Center. I saw him jawing, and I couldn't tell when it initially happened that he was jawing at Dylan. But then I saw him jawing, and I saw our bench coming over. And the one guy you don't want off of our bench coming over, Stephen Adams. And I was like, uh-oh, this is not going to go well. And um, So I was behind it, but about 15 rows up, 20 rows up. So I didn't really hear everything said. I know he went in the hallway uh, immediately after and talked to ESPN's Dave McMiniman, who uh, was there and knows him and has a, a friendship or a relationship with him through their, you know, their both being on national television. Um, I was shocked he was back in his seat in the second half because, I, I mean, just there's a very clear code of conduct that's issued to anybody that sits down in those areas. It's right on your seat as you walk in every NBA building. And when you get escorted out of a building, generally you don't, you're not allowed to come back. In fact, that's happened um, where guys in Memphis uh, have been escorted out of their seats because they said something inappropriate to a player. They came back, and the coach, I want to say it was Alvin Gentry, with Sacramento last year and that it was stemming from some things said to Tristan Thompson about uh, Khloe Kardashian or whoever he was dating or whatever it may have been. Um, and when the fans were allowed to come back for a brief moment, Alvin Gentry said, no, 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 I will pull my team off the court until those people are gone. And at that point, you're gone. And it's unfortunate that, you know, these things get to that point, but – you know, the players have a right to, to go do what they do, too, in my opinion. And, um, you know, without the fans, we don't turn on the lights and we don't, you know, we're not opening the building and we're not playing basketball, period. But you've got to put it in perspective, too, that, you know, I know this whole thing, like you wouldn't say it to this guy's face. Yeah, I, I get that. And, and people have kind of gotten a little complacent or comfortable, you know, with all this social media stuff, being able to just kind of fire off what they want. But, you know, more so than anything, I, I, you know, you guys wouldn't want somebody to come into your studio and start heckling you to where it's disrupting what you're doing. That's not fair to you. You're there to do a job, and people can have their opinions about, you know, the show, which is terrific. But if they disagree, okay, great, voice your opinion and move on. But, you know, when you do it in someone's workplace, that's where you gotta got to take a deep breath and check yourself a little bit and, and figure out what your end game really is there. Well, Eric, I kind of got some, like – Azul tinted glasses. I got some blue tinted glasses because we cover yeah. the Grizz. We host them on the station. We watch them. It's uh, you know I'm a fan, but yeah. it seems like I may and I don't know if your opinion will be nearly as unbiased either. But it seems like the Grizz are kind of getting this reputation in the league as like you know it 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 always happens around this team, right? The the story. Right. These yeah. kind of stories are kind of happening around this team. Is that like what national right. media is seeing the Grizz as right now? Well, I, we joke and say we're rapidly becoming the most hated team in the NBA, and we love it. Um, yeah. it it's our, look, our guys are young. They're brash. They have a swagger to them. They have a cockiness to them. They have an arrogance to them. The problem some people have with that is they haven't advanced to anywhere but the second round of the playoffs. So, take case in point last season, um, the Grizzlies will talk a lot to fire themselves up, as I tell people. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is coming across as trash-talking. And, yes, they do talk trash on the court. There is no question about it. But last year in Los Angeles, Desmond Bain hit a big shot and was talking to his teammates and talking about, you know, hey, we're on a roll, blah, blah, blah. LeBron James didn't take kindly to it and bumped him. And Des is like, what are you doing? And you could hear in our courtside microphone LeBron saying, you guys haven't won anything yet. You like to talk all this nonsense. You know, there were some 
expletives in there we won't use and um that you know until you guys win something don't don't run your mouths and it's like okay whatever and he goes i'm about to show you what a championship player looks like and we're like okay whatever and he did he went down and had a big dunk and the grizzlies <laughs> ran off an 18 to 4 run and put the game away and so that's where a lot of people will say hey let your play do the talking but you know this is that's what these guys are that's what they are you know, some guys need that. Some guys need to, tra- to talk trash to fire themselves up. Gary Payton was one of those types of guys, the, the most notorious trash talker. If you talk to ex-NBA players that nobody even knew was talking trash was Larry Bird. And he would just drive you insane with chirping where no one could really hear it. You know, the legendary story of the three-point contest where he walked into the locker room and said, all right, who's taking second place? Yeah. You know, it's like it's a confidence and a swagger, but, you know, it, it does get under some guy's skin. So, yeah, we're we're finding it. I was telling somebody the other day, it's really fun to go to other arenas now and see a lot of Grizzlies jerseys. Obviously, John Morant's the big factor there, but we see Desmond Bain jerseys, you know, Sharon Jackson jerseys. So these are people that are actually following the team, and they're, they're filling up a lot of the seats when we go on the road. So when they start talking trash, there's about half the arena booing it and half the arena cheering it, and you got guys in the stands yelling at each other, and it's it's getting wild, man. But that's a a good thing because it means you're relevant. It means people care. Um, I think they've got a little growing up to do in terms of, you know, getting out on the road and, and finishing their business, taking care of things, which is part of the maturation process for any team. Um, but they're really, really talented. And if they weren't, no one would care. And if no one cared, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Talking with voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, Eric Castletine. Now, obviously, that started a loss streak. We're talking about the L.A. game. Yeah. Uh, then last uh, last time out, they take a loss to Sacramento. But in the mm-hmm. Phoenix game, one of the biggest hits happened to the team. Steven Adams going down with a, uh, I believe it's yeah. a strained PCL, or I, I forget the yeah. exact word, but 11 and a half, averaging 11 and a half rebounds right now for the team. You see them get out rebounded by 20 so rebounds, I believe, in that ball game uh, against uh, yeah. uh, uh, forgetting Sacramento. What is yeah. that piece right now for the Grizzlies going forward? Well, yeah, it's tough because I, I've called Stephen our our kind of our unsung hero. That uh, the, the screens he sets, the defense he's been playing, and the pick and roll, the rebounding, as you mentioned. And, I thought those numbers were a little skews because Sacramento had a ton of turnovers. So a lot of possessions, they didn't get shots. And the possessions, they did get shots. They seemed to make them. I mean, they made their first 11 three-point shots. I'm sitting there calling the game going, what in the world is going on here? They can't miss. Uh, At one point, they were 12 for 16, and they were 11 for 11 from three. And I'm like, that's a recipe for disaster. So there weren't a lot of rebounds to be had, but without Steven in there, it changed what the Grizzlies were capable of doing. Now in that game, they came back and, you know, took a two-point lead. And it turns out if you don't make shots in the fourth quarter, it's really hard to win a basketball game. We found that out firsthand uh, the other night, and they just struggled. And they kind of ran out of gas in their third game in four nights. But losing Steven is a big blow. Now they've got some guys on the bench that have some experience and are pros. Xavier Tillman, we always talk about what tremendous work ethic he has. And, you know, now in his – I think it's his third season out of Michigan State where he's basically not a regular part of the rotation, but every time you call on him, he's productive. So he's not as big as Adams. He's not as, you know, physical down there, but he's still a solid player. And, you know, that's part of this league. In the West, we've said around, you know, our team, is it's going to be a war of attrition. Who's going to be able to stay the healthiest? You look at their opponent tonight, 
in the Warriors. They're 23 and 24. That's not a 500 basketball team. That's a team that's much better than that. But injuries, winning on the road being difficult with the West being so competitive, you know, that's where they are. So um, this is a blow. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he's been such a blessing to have since he came over from New Orleans. He was not really happy in the situation with the Pelicans. Gave him an opportunity to uh, to kind of be happy playing basketball again. And, you know, the, the coaches have preached to him, hey, you know what would make John Morant really happy is you scoring double figures every night because he's getting assists and you're taking some attention away from him because now you can't just – think, oh, there's just a big guy down low that's there to rebound and block shots. He's got a great skill set. I, I shudder to think if this young man had grown up in America and had the coaching that a lot of American kids have right now, what type of NBA player he would be because he's super athletic, more than people realize. He comes from a family of athletes. He just grew up in New Zealand and, you know, was kind of lost at one point, and his brother took him to the Basketball Institute in New Zealand, and four years later, He's a freshman at the University of Pittsburgh for a one-and-done and is a lottery pick the next year. So he's getting there, and I think he's really enjoying himself. And so losing this, is a, it's a big blow, to say the least. But it's part of the league. It's part of what happens seemingly every season to almost every team, and it's who can stay the healthiest and get yourself to April to get those playoff seedings. So tonight, Golden State, Memphis, there is a – uh, I guess it's a budding rivalry. It's definitely a newer yeah. one, but it's there's definitely animosity between these two teams going back to last <laughs> year's final or playoffs to the finals. Uh, talk to me. What are you expecting tonight out of this matchup? Well, I think it'll, it's going to be a battle. No doubt there is some animosity. The Warriors have had a few days off. Um, they had a nice win on the road in Cleveland. They've struggled on the road. They beat the Grizzlies here Christmas Day. They're a much better team on the home floor, so – We'll look for that. And, yeah, there's animosity. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I felt that this is the area where I grew up, about 20 miles east of here. Um, I'm actually walking by uh, the Giants Stadium right now back to our team hotel, and um, I'm not afraid to, to do it. But I don't go boasting a lot of Grizzlies gear around the streets of San Francisco anymore. Like before, nobody really cared. Now you, uh, you're liable to get half a peace sign from everybody driving around you if they see what's on your shirt, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. So we heard that a few times, but – I think it is a little bit of a budding rivalry. They're, they're kind of um, they're, they're showcasing that with the NBA. Now, to the Warriors, it's not because to them, the Grizzlies haven't won anything yet. While to the Grizzlies, that's where they want to be. There is a lot of respect there and a healthy respect. But, you know, again, it's, it's like the, the, old, the older brother saying, until you win something, you know, don't pop off to us. And the Grizzlies are saying, well, we're, we're coming for you because you're our target and so it'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be a tough one tonight, obviously, without Steven, but you get John Morant back in the lineup and you get a healthy Desmond Bain where, you know, he was really trying to find his rhythm on that Christmas Day matchup. Steph Curry's back in the lineup. And so, whereas I really would love to see these two teams at full strength, and we didn't get to see a lot of that last year in the playoffs. Ja was out after game two. Gary Payton, who's no longer with the organization, obviously took that hard foul from Dylan Brooks. That didn't make us very popular here either. So I'd, I'd prefer to see it where – you know, everybody's healthy, but, you know, that's just the way it goes. And it'll be – it's a great atmosphere. The, the building is beautiful. Their fans have been diehard for years. I mean, they went 18 out of 19 years not making the playoffs, and yet they were selling out every night because they love that team. So, uh, this will be fun. Good test for the Grizzlies. they got to get off the schneid. They're 0-3 on this trip. It's their first three-game uh, losing streak of the season, and they certainly don't want to see it go to four. 
We will be able to hear Eric Hastine on the call on this very station. Nine o'clock tonight here in the Music City. Golden State taking on Memphis Grizzlies. Eric, you just be careful walking around the streets of San Francisco. Watch out for the uh, the poop and such that's yeah. on those streets. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what, it's kind of sad because, I, you know, as I said, I grew up here. It's changed quite a bit, and it's uh, it was hit pretty hard by COVID. I've got my uh, my long jacket on, my, my, my collar's up, so just kind of hiding and walking back. I'm almost back, though, though and I'll just uh, – Get in the comfort of my room, read a little, uh, a few game notes, and uh, get ready to uh, head to the yard and, and do what we love to do, which is call a basketball game. All right, we're excited to hear it. Thanks so much for jumping on, Eric. Guys, always appreciate you having me and the support, and uh, go Grizz. Absolutely. Going to listen to him once again. 8.30 is the pregame start. Then Eric Hastine jumping on. 9 o'clock tip-off right here on Nashville Sports Radio tonight.